0: Well, this is our last week. It's week number six in going the right way in a wrong way world. We have been in the Sermon on the Mount for a long time. We took a a long time to take each individual of the Beatitudes and study those in detail. And then we've looked uh, five weeks now into the going the right way in a wrong way world and the rest of the Sermon on the Mount. Next week, I'm going to start a new series and I hope you'll invite your friends to it. I think that they will shock them. I anticipate that every person in this room sometime in the next five weeks will see something they've never seen before. I'm looking at a series that I've, um, I guess a working title is The Astounding Consequences of the King's Authority. I picked out five stories from the Bible that show us the authority of Jesus Christ and I'm looking forward to that. Before we go to that though, we need to, finish this series this series about going the right way we've looked at how we need to start going the right way by seeking to glorify God we've talked about how we ought to see the old testament law in a different light than was traditional at Jesus time and in many cases in our time as well how it's inappropriate for us to make impressing people more important than impressing God that it's not appropriate or not helpful for us to lay up our treasure here on earth but to invest in heaven and then last week we saw how when we evaluate other people we need to add some grace to that and think about um, other things than just making ourselves look good this week's message i'm calling which way do i go it's the navigation question isn't it where do i go which road do I take? It's the same question that Alice in Wonderland asked in Through the Looking Glass. You might not remember, or you may have seen the a movie, or you may have seen, read the book, actually, where Alice is talking to the Cheshire cat. That right there would freak me out, talking to a cat. But anyway, she asks the cat which road to take. And as she's talking to the cat, the cat asks, well, where do you want to go? And Alice confesses, I don't know. And so the cat gives a little bit of wisdom at that point. He says, well, then it doesn't matter which road you take. Because if you don't know where you want to go, any road will get you there. And it's kind of a hint or an illustration of one of the two major keys to successful navigation. Most of us would understand that if we want to plan a trip, we need to know where we're going. But one of the things that we sometimes miss... When we plan a trip is we need to know also where we are right now. Illustration for you, if I were to ask you which way do I go to go to Wichita, most people in this room would say north. But what if I were asking which way to go to go to Wichita and I forgot to tell you that I was starting from my parents house, which is already about an hour north of Wichita. Now, I could get to Wichita by going north from my parents' house. It just gets really cold on the way. Yeah, all the way around. Takes a lot longer. So it's helpful to know where we're going and where we want to go. And some people get really lost on their life's trip through uh, this world, through this life, to the end of their life, because they start from the wrong place. They start with opinions about themselves. And sometimes I hear people say things like, well, why would God love me? And then they would go on to berate themselves. Or other people will say to me, I'll ask them sometimes what their relationship with God is. Well, of course, I'm going to heaven. Look at all the good stuff I do. They start with a wrong opinion about themselves, and it doesn't work out well for them in the end. But they can also start with a wrong opinion about the world. People sometimes think that this world ought to be an easy place to live in and that somehow they're being picked on if things are challenging from time to time. Other people don't think that they should have to earn the things that they have in this world. Some people think that they deserve to just have things given to them. Because they start from the wrong place as they live their life through this world they get lost. But we can get lost also by starting for the wrong place. There's some illustrations of this, where we might start off in the wrong direction. We start off in a direction towards fame and fortune. And when we finally arrive at fame and fortune, we feel let down, feel very empty. Because fame and fortune doesn't fill up very well. Or we might start in the direction of peace and ease. And when we get there, we feel like we haven't accomplished as much in life as we could have. Another illustration would be the direction of adventure. And I'm going to go out and I'm going to have a, make my life into an adventure. And when they finally get to the end of the trip, they feel beat up and bruised and battered because an adventure is often painful. We need to know where we're going and where we're starting from. Because with those two bits of information, we can make the right choices about how to get there. And that's the point that Jesus is making in the passage that Mike read for us just a few minutes ago. Jesus is basically pointing out the choices. We have choices to make now that Jesus is concluding the Sermon on the Mount. This is starting in the first part of the passage here, verses... 13 through 23, Jesus gives us three different choices to make. The first one is the choice of paths. He says to pick the narrow gate, to go down the narrow road, because wide is the gate and easy is the road, and popular is the way that leads to destruction. And lots of people go down that road. But if you pick the narrow gate... You're going to end up on a road that goes uphill most of the time. Sometimes it's very narrow. Sometimes it's uncomfortable. Sometimes people will laugh at you for taking the hard way. But it leads to life. And Jesus suggests that you choose the narrow gate. But once you're on that path, then you have to worry about who your leaders are. Who are the people that are going to guide you on this? And he, he warns the people that he's talking to to be careful about false prophets. Prophets that come as wolves dressed in sheep's clothing. People who see the congregation as assets to be spent as they make their goals come true. Jesus gives us a way to determine whether the guides in our life are appropriate or not. He compares them to trees. He says good fruit comes from a good tree, but bad fruit comes from a bad tree. And he says you need to take the time to get to know these guides before you let them overly influence you and see what fruit their life is actually producing. And if their life is producing the right fruit, then they're the right guides to influence the way you travel. So we have a choice of paths, and we have a choice of guides, but we also have a choice of priorities. He says that when the end comes, people will say, Lord, Lord. And he says not everybody who says that is going to get into the kingdom. He says some of them will say, but Lord, we prophesied in your name. Lord, we cast out demons in your name. Jesus, we did miracles in your name. And it seems as if somehow they're claiming that doing something impressive should get them into the kingdom. And these priorities the priorities that we set as we travel the path that Jesus has set before us leads to a predictable outcome. And the Bible as a whole basically lays out three different outcomes for people who choose the narrow path. The first one comes from knowing about Jesus. And you can Google knowing Jesus on the internet and you can get all kinds of advice. You can find seven interesting facts about Jesus. You can find ten amazing facts about Jesus. You can find articles titled 21 unbelievable facts about Jesus. You can find, I found one article even said 50 incredible facts about Jesus. You can know a lot about Jesus. You can find every one of these titles on the internet. You don't even have to open your Bible. But what that results in is a false security. Because getting the right answers on the test doesn't impress Jesus. So the Bible presents another possibility. And we've all seen this one, the knowing Jesus goal. This is our priority in life. And we've all seen this picture that says, no Jesus, no peace. Spelled the word no, spelled two different ways. As if you have knowledge of Jesus, you will have peace. But if you have no knowledge of Jesus, you have no peace. And that results in a strong feeling of security but a questionable, real security. What Jesus is saying in our passage today is that being known by Jesus is the real sense of security. Jesus says to the people who claim to do flashy things for Him and do amazing works in His name, He looks at them and says, Away from Me, for I never knew you. That's kind of a scary... Line isn't it? So Jesus has given us some great advice today. And he's given gives us one more little piece of advice at the end of the passage here. He basically says, choose wisely. He says, choose wisely. And he uses the illustration of a house. A wise man who builds a house on a rock. And when the storms come, and we know a little bit about storms in Oklahoma, don't we? When those storms come and the water rises up and the winds blow, a house built on a rock stands. A house built on a rock takes time to build. A house built on a rock takes extra work to build. It's a lot easier to just build it on the sand. Just just put the boards down, nail them together, build your house up. But when those storms come, that foundation washes away. And that house comes tumbling down. If we were to take the whole Bible now and look at the things that need to be considered in order to make this choice, the Bible gives us several. The first thing that needs to be considered as we choose our path through this life is the reality of God. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, the writer tells us that anyone who wants to please God must believe that He exists. And rewards those who earnestly seek Him. Now I could stand here and list the Pascal's wager. I could list the reality of miracles. I could list the oh, I could list all kinds of different evidences for the existence of God. I find it interesting that the Bible never takes the time to prove God exists. It's one of the things that we take by faith. And if you want to hear those other evidences, I'll explain them to you another time. But the first thing to consider in our life is the reality of God. The second thing is the nature of the human being. If there's a God that really exists, then all those things in the Bible that we're supposed to live by matter. And if we've blown it even once, we've got problems. I could talk about the theology of original sin and and individual sins and all that, but each of us can look in our own heart and say, there's been at least one one time in my life when I didn't do what I should have done. And now I have a penalty to pay. And I need a Savior. And I can look at this world and see that these sins in a person have power, and I need a sanctifier. And all of these sins in this world and all the things that have been messed up have caused things like illness and death and I need a healer. And ultimately what I need is somebody to come and remove sin from my presence completely. A coming king. The question is, who is that? The Bible would point us to Jesus. Having lived on this earth for 30, 33 years and never once even thinking a sinful thought or doing a sinful act. Yet he died a sinner's death. He died a criminal's death. And he died what I believe is the most painful death a human being can endure. And he didn't have a debt to pay. So God considers Him our substitute to pay for that sinner's debt that we each have. That only leaves us with one more thing to consider, doesn't it? We have to determine whether we are better off listening to what Jesus says and adjusting our life appropriately, or can we just ignore Him completely and be just as safe? I would encourage you to consider that question very well. And in this room, consider that question for your friends. Do they really know? Do they really understand that someday that Jesus who they ignore or haven't been introduced to or haven't understood properly Do they know He's coming back and they're going to have to give an account? How can we help them? Now, please understand, I'm not recommending that all you guys go out in your wood shop and get your mallet and go hit people over the head with it. What I'm recommending is that we live a life that demonstrates the difference and we speak words that communicate the difference. So that they can get on the right path too. And once we get on that path then, it, the emphasis changes just a little bit because we have to continue the trip. We don't just get left here on this planet to vegetate. God has a calling for each of us. And there are several things that can help us as we continue on this trip. Once we've come to the point of determining whether we're going to follow Jesus. One of the things that we can do to help us move down the trail is to go to God in prayer. We want to come someday into the presence of Jesus and hear Him say, I knew that guy. I know him. Let him in. And if we've never spoken to him, the probability is very low. Another thing that we can do to help us as we travel through this life is to read His Word. Now, I know that there are some people, I don't know if they're in this room or not, but I've heard many people say, well, I read the Bible. I've read every word of the Bible. Next time you hear that, ask them when. The last guy I asked that to, I think he said it was in the 1970s. And I'm sorry, folks. I know how the human brain works, at least a little bit, and brains leak. We've got to keep reading that word. We've got to stay in that word. In our culture its the easiest thing in the world to do we've got the daily bread on the table out there you can download the daily bread app and it'll read it to you while you're driving your car that's what i do Uh, you can get devotionals you can pick up reading plans you can follow god's word uh, dozens of different ways and i encourage you to take advantage of those This next one is a little bit different than some people might say it, but I think the next thing we need to do to stay on the path and to keep moving down the path is to observe the ordinances. It's important to recognize the difference between an ordinance and a sacrament. A sacrament is something that God has ordained that helps us grow in grace, that communicates His grace to us. Those are baptism and Holy Communion. But baptism and Holy Communion are also ordinances. And as you read through the Bible, you may find other ordinances, things that God has ordained or ordered us to do. And one of them that I see repeatedly, especially as I read through the book of Psalms, is worship. And when a believer comes to me and says, I don't have to go to corporate worship in order to be a good Christian, I just ask him to point that out in the Bible, and then I take him to places like Psalm 95, Where the first word is a command to come. I think that observing the ordinances uh, is an important step towards growth in Jesus Christ. Towards moving down that path just a little bit further. The next one is where I think many Christians in America get hung up. Witnessing. Many Christians in America, after they've been in the church four or five years, they don't have anybody else to witness to. They've already witnessed to everybody they know. They've led all the people they can to Christ. And basically, if they didn't respond, they cut them off. They don't ever uh, relate with them anymore. But there are some things you just can't grow in until you're talking to somebody who doesn't agree with you. Now, I'm not saying go out there and be a used car salesman and close the deal. All I'm saying is be a witness like somebody on a stand in a court. It's not that person's responsibility to convict the criminal. All he's supposed to do is tell the the truth as he knows it. And if we are telling the truth as we know it, that preparation and that rehearsal and being challenged on that causes us to grow, causes us to be closer to The Jesus that we want to be known by. After that, we could add trusting Him enough to take some risks. I I like the way that that's worded. I borrowed that from somebody else. But if we don't trust Jesus enough with our treasure or our talent, if we don't trust the Holy Spirit to guide us in our relationships and and our, our time, the way we use our time, and several other things in the Bible, even our temptations, then we miss an opportunity to grow. And we miss an opportunity to give our Savior glory. In essence, we miss the opportunity to follow the Spirit's leading. His chance to convict us of things that need to change. To to empower us to grow in things that need to change. And to counsel us in the way that we live our life for Jesus Christ. What Jesus is saying to us today is that when we make the choice to stop living to know about Jesus, and we make the choice to stop living to know Jesus, but start living in order to be known by Jesus, then we will always be going the right way in this wrong way world. Please pray with me. Father, I want to thank you again. We have this privilege of studying Your Word. You've been faithful in teaching us and guiding us and revealing to us new things that we've not seen before. We're thankful for the presence of Your Spirit to help us live a life that helps us grow in being known by Christ, being known as a person of Christ. I thank You for the people who study Your Word and are willing to receive what You say. Father, I also thank you for your grace and your mercy because in this message today we've had to face the fact that none of us have done this the way we should to the extent that we could have. And we thank you for the grace of Jesus Christ to deal with the punishment of those sins, to deal with the power of those sins, to help us overcome the product of those sins and that he has promised to return eventually to remove the very presence of sin and help us to live moving toward that day for your glory Amen (laughs)